from deep in the heart of the swamp, this is Gator Tales, the official podcast of the Florida Gators. Welcome to Gator Tales. I'm Adam Schick. With all of the success that the Gators have enjoyed across the board in the spring, prepare to see NCAA banners adorning venues all over campus for the next month. That begins this weekend, including at the tennis complex, as both the men's and women's squads will host first and second round action of the NCAA tournament. In preparation for their busy weekend, today we'll chat with women's coach Roland Thornquist and men's coach Brian Shelton, so stay tuned for those. But first... Though the NCAA tournament is still a few weeks away, it'll be a postseason atmosphere this weekend at the MAC as number one Florida welcomes in top 10 Vanderbilt. Logan Shore has been dominant on the mound for the Gators this year, and he'll look to extend his school record to 16 straight wins against the Commodores. We asked the junior righty what the keys have been to such an impressive run. Well, the win games, you need an offense to score runs. And uh, I think we've done a great job of that this year and at the end of last year. You know, there's been some games in there that I haven't necessarily pitched my best, but our offense have picked me up and helped me out there. But besides that, I think it's you got to be focused and, and come mentally prepared every single time you go out there. And, uh, you know, I just have gotten lucky that I've brought my game and, and our hitters have brought their game. Our defense always plays well. So um, it's kind of just a mixture of everything, and it's a team win. Way back at the end of last year, the preseason rankings came out, Florida unanimous number one across the board, and you've carried that pretty much throughout the season as well. How much pressure has that put on this team, and how have you handled those kind of expectations? I think from game one till now, I don't, I don't think we've put any extra pressure on us you know, that we need. You know, I think we had a streak in there. We won 17 or 20 straight, and you know, we just kind of take each game individually and uh, just try to go out there and win each game and not try to get too far ahead of ourselves. And uh, I think when you do that and you, uh, you know, put the talent that we have on the field, you know, mixed with that plan and that approach, I think uh, you're going to come out on top more times than not. If we go back to before the start of the season as you were preparing for the year, what were the things you really worked on since the end of last year to make sure you were in the best position possible to compete? Two things. First would be getting in better shape. I think uh, at the end of last season, I was a little out of shape physically, and so that was a big, a big thing for me this summer and, and into the fall was to get into the best shape possible so I could be you know, at my best towards the end of this year. And uh, second would be development of my slider. And I think that's come a long ways since last year. It was really a non-factor in, into my, you know, how I pitch. And I think now it's something that I can use efficiently and, and use against right-handed hitters and left-handed hitters. So it helps everything. You had a chance to play with Team USA last summer. What did you gain from that experience? What did that do for you? I got to play against Cuba and Taiwan and the Canadian professional team, which was pretty cool. I think overall, though, you know, just playing with the best talent, you know, in the country and playing with guys from California and Texas and, and that kind of thing and just bouncing stuff off them and, you know, playing for the coaching staff that we had, you're bound to learn, learn a lot of stuff and, and get a lot of good experiences. On top of that, to be able to go through that experience with J.J. and Buddy and A.J., what did that do to have all those guys there with you? Yeah, I think playing for Team USA, as special as it is, but, you know, to have three other guys and, you know, three of your best friends, you know, on the team there with you just made it even even that much more special. Sully is known as the master of pitching and the, the pitcher whisperer to some extent. What have you gained from working with him over these three years? 
know, I think coming into college, I, I thought I had a pretty good idea of how to pitch. But, you know, even from just from my freshman year to now, I think my, you know, how I pitch and, and my mental approach of going into the games and, uh, you know, learning who I am as a pitcher and, uh, you know, what I need to do to be successful. I think that's the main thing that he's taught me here. Kind of got to know who you are and not, you know, get too high or too low on yourself. But, you know, just try to stay as consistent as possible. And that's that's something that he's been, you know, preaching to me since day one was, uh, you know, just be consistent. You're on the verge as a team of setting a new record for regular season wins at Florida, and you still obviously have a number of games to go. What do you think has been the key to this team's success this year? What's made this group special? You know, just staying locked in. You know, we've had our letdowns like every team does and, and had our had our streaks where we're not at our best. But, you know, I think overall from game one to, you know, to game whatever at 50 right now, I think we're pretty locked in. And, uh, you know, we won all 14 of our midweek games, which has not been something that we've done my freshman or sophomore year or in the previous years. So I think that that definitely helps out the wins. And I think it shows a lot about this club that, you know, we're going to be locked in on playing Miami at Miami or playing a team on Tuesday here. And Sully talked about that as well, just the fact that when you're playing those midweeks, it's challenging to get up for them because in a lot of cases you're playing a smaller school from in-state that's going to be really, really jacked up for it. What do you feel like you guys have had to bring to have that consistency in the midweek games? I think we just got to bring energy and uh, be focused and, and also staying within yourself and not trying to do too much. You know, those those games are sometimes a trap. We've had our letdowns losing to you know, Florida A&M my freshman year. And, you know, they're, they're tough games that, you know, honestly requires a lot more focus than sometimes playing the SEC because you're going to be, you know, naturally up for up for those games. But, you know, you kind of got to get yourself going and get yourself up to, to play some of these teams because they're, they're not bad. You know, at the end of the day, you're playing teams in Florida who recruit good kids and, you know, who have a lot of talent, and any team can be any team at any time. You just got to be you know, focused and ready. As far as other things that are out there in the near future, the draft is coming up as well. That's going to be a big factor for you and a lot of your teammates. Where do you sort of put that mentally, knowing that that's around the corner, but having so many other things to take care of as well? Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know within a month of that. But really, it's just about you know going out there and, and trying to do everything you can to get get a win for the University of Florida and. You know, like Sully's been telling us, us juniors from from day one of our junior years, that you know if the team's winning and the team's having success, you're going to have success um, personally within the draft as as that goes. So, I think that's something that that I've put into perspective for me this year is you know just try to get a win for Florida, and if that happens, it's it's probably doing you a favor as well personally. You always get to see interesting things on rosters around baseball, but Coon Rapids, Minnesota, isn't one you see every day. Tell us about Coon Rapids, Minnesota, because it's, it's something that most people haven't even heard of before. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a town of about 60,000, so it's not small. It's a, it's a place that, that I hold dear to my heart. Um, I love going back home and you know, seeing my friends. And you know, our high school, Coon Rapids High School, is I think like the second or third largest high school in the state with almost, uh, I think I graduated with like 700. So you know, it's, it's a big high school, and I've made a lot of lifelong friends there and, and family there, and hockey's a big thing there, that's for sure. What have been the biggest adjustments to you living in Florida? How challenging has that been coming from up there? Yeah, summer B was tough. Um, I just remember, you know, Minnesota gets hot in the summer, but nothing like July in Florida. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that was definitely a, uh, something I had to, had to deal with right away. I mean, I remember walking to class the first, first day, and I was like, I'm already I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm not even halfway to class. But, no, just being away from home, uh, that, that was tough. I mean, I think it's like almost 1,600 miles back to home. So, you know, dealing with – because I'm really close to my family and – and my friends back home, so leaving leaving them behind and, and trying to, you know, kind of down here by myself. But um, it's nice having a team where, you know, you feel like you're a family down here and, 
you know, you got your best friends around you and living with you. So that, that's definitely helped. When you're on a long, long bus ride, what are you doing to pass the time? How do you stay engaged? You know, it's fun hanging out with all, all the guys on the bus. We'll play cards. It's nice because the bus has Wi-Fi so we can, you know, watch some of the games for the for the team that we're, we're playing. So we'll, we'll do that for a little bit. And, yeah, really, we'll watch some movies. Um, but really it's just a lot of just talking and, you know, bonding and hanging out with everybody. From a preparation standpoint, how much homework – goes into every one of your starts. What are you doing before that weekend in terms of looking at the guys you're going to face and having a game plan? Yeah, it's nice. You know, we have a we have an app that everyone has on their phone that our video guy puts all the videos of hitters on there so we can we have that at our disposal. You know, along with that and just really just watching the games and just seeing what their approach is, see what what they struggle with, see what they, you know, what their strengths are and just kind of figuring out a game plan with how I'm going to use my strengths uh, um, against their weaknesses. With Vandy coming in, this being senior weekend as well, how hyped up are the guys for this opportunity to play on such a national stage? And SEC Network is coming down here. It's going to be a, a whole big circus here this weekend. What do the guys feel about that? A lot of that stuff is great, and it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. But you know, really, it's just uh, you know UF versus Vanderbilt, and that's you know one of the one of my favorite rivalries. It's kind of been a fun a fun couple of years playing against them. You know, they've beat us here, and you know we took two out of three from them last year at their place, and beat them in the SEC championship last year in Hoover. So it's something that's a it's a fun rivalry that uh, you know I've grown to to really love and you know be a part of, and um, I think all our guys just get get jacked up to play Vanderbilt. Inevitably, at this point, the questions become about the College World Series, about Omaha. Given that you guys made a deep run there last season, how much confidence does that give you, knowing you can get back there and, and have what it takes to do it again? It gives us a lot of confidence. You know, we have a lot of juniors on this team. And we have a lot of sophomores who you know make big impacts and kind of a young club, but we have a lot of guys with a lot of experiences. And I think that helps tremendously, you know, as we go into the postseason and, you know, we can kind of help some of the freshmen out who, who are, play major roles and, you know, kind of tell them what to expect and, and how to handle those situations. But just trying to take it, you know, one game at a time and, you know, just play our best baseball. Programs rarely get turned around overnight, and that's true of the Gator men's tennis team, which has been slowly gaining steam for the last few years. When Brian Shelton took over the program in 2013, he was tasked with taking the Gators deeper into the NCAA tournament and competing for championships. One part of that promise was fulfilled a few weeks ago when they claimed their first SEC tournament title since 2011. We sat down with Coach Shelton to find out what has allowed them to take that next step this season. Well, we talk a lot about culture here and making sure that the culture's right. And I think in order to have a good culture in the locker room and out on the court, you need leadership, you know, leadership from within. And we've had two great captains this year in Diego Hidalgo and Elliot Orkin who have kind of led the way for our team and just kind of by example do things the right way and obviously play extremely good tennis and take care of their responsibilities off the court as well. And so they've provided a great example for the younger ones, you know, like Alfredo Perez, one of our freshmen this year, and McLean Kessler. They've really kind of seen what it's like to do things the Florida way. And I think that because of that leadership and that example, we've been solid from the top to the bottom of our lineup this year. You mentioned being your fourth year here, and prior to that you were Georgia Tech, won a national championship with the women's program. What have been the biggest differences between coaching a women's team up there and a men's team down here? Well, you know, I think there are more similarities than differences. Um, Obviously, 
Um, the game is slightly different. The guys are physically stronger and can do a little bit more with the serve, can do a little bit more with the movement and the pace of shot. So there's just been more options for me to coach. Obviously, we play in the heat throughout the year, and so making sure our guys are conditioned and in good shape is something that's critical down here at Florida. But, you know, like I said, I think the culture is something that I wanted to get right here, it's something that we had right at Georgia Tech. It's part of the reason that we had so much success there. And so now, in my fourth year here, I see the same. And it's, it's exciting because this program's just moving forward. In terms of building blocks on the court, how significant was it to win the first SEC tournament title since 2011? Well, I think it was huge. It was just some validation for our guys for doing things the right way, for preparing the right way, for evaluating their performances after wins and losses, and taking the good out of both and figuring out how to make it better. Our team just, um, you know, really got the reward at the end of the SECs, especially after losing on the road to Texas A&M and to Georgia, to come back and beat both of those teams back-to-back in the semis and finals of the SEC tournament was huge for us. Uh, It's something that I think gave us a lot of confidence and, like I said, just validated that we did things the right way throughout the season. You have the top doubles team in the nation, so when you look at those two guys and the ways they complement each other, what makes them such a dynamic duo? Well, they're, they're completely different. The way they complement each other is, is significant. We've got a lefty and a righty, and that's always good in doubles because the lefty can present problems for the other team, and when the righty serves, which is Gordon, you know, they see something completely different. Personality-wise, they're different. One's full of emotion, and he's, he's this Latin guy that, that, that wears it all on his sleeve and competes to the end. And you've got another guy that's more reserved and calm most of the time and doesn't get rattled very easily. And so they play off of each other really well. You've been lucky enough to have the SEC Player of the Year and the SEC Freshman of the Year this season. Can you talk about their performances and what's allowed them to get to that level? Well, you know, Alfredo came in with a ton of potential, but emotionally was a little immature and uh, physically was a little immature, you know, and he's put on probably 15 pounds of muscle and he's grown up throughout the season and it's so evident when he plays today and how he deals with adversity out on the court totally looks different than how he'd look back in the fall so he's really progressed and it's been great to see that because he's certainly the future of our program he's a guy that we have huge expectations for moving forward and he's a guy that I think we'll eventually see on TV playing at Wimbledon US Open and those tournaments after his career here is over So he's brought a lot. He's brought a competitive spirit to our team. I call him a street fighter because he's he's ready to fight every time he goes out on the court. And Diego, our senior leader, captain, it's just really neat to see his evolution as a player and as a person over these last four years. He's had a lot of issues throughout his time here where he's lacked confidence and he's developed in so many ways to push through that. And to see him so confident on the court today and see how he reacts to pressure, uh, especially the big moments in matches, and to see him thrive in those moments now where as a freshman and a sophomore he kind of buckled, that's great as a coach. I always say that the worst thing that could happen is that a player leaves the program the same place he was when he arrived. And Diego certainly 
certainly has made us proud, made his parents proud, and obviously has made Gator Nation proud. Gator Nation was proud of you as well, winning SEC Coach of the Year for the first time. What did that honor mean to you, and did it validate what you're doing here? That's exactly right. I think that winning that award uh, was, I told my coaching staff, this is our award. I told the players, this is our award. I told the boosters, this is our award. I told the administration, this is our award. So basically, it's just... Again, it's just some more validation that we're doing things the right way and people are taking notice. And you don't do it for those reasons. I don't do it for trying to get an award or even a ranking. It's just to help these guys develop and improve and grow. And to know that that's happening in this program gives us a sense of satisfaction. Uh, We're certainly not complacent. We feel like there's still a long ways to go for for us and for this program and for each guy on our team. It's almost like limitless potential. And we want to continue to work towards that potential every single day. And so it's more about the process than it is about any end result, even if it's a Coach of the Year award. There's quite a big gap in between the end of the SEC tournament and then the start of NCAAs. But how much momentum do you think this team takes into NCAAs? And what's the outlook for that tournament? It's a great question. You know, we had so much momentum at the end of the SEC tournament. I mean, we're flying high. And the trick is to try to get ready and come into this NCAA tournament carrying that momentum still and our guys have done a nice job I mean it's a long stretch three weeks before you compete again but they've done a nice job of improving their conditioning improving some of the things that they're doing I think doing well on their finals and having less stress of knowing that they don't have to go home and study at night certainly helps but uh, they're just excited they're excited for this opportunity to move forward through the tournament they're not overlooking anybody, um, and so right now their their eyes are certainly set on UNF. Um, but yeah, I think we have some momentum and we have some confidence, which is the biggest thing. As the men's team continues to make strides, they don't have to look too far to find the model for sustained success. Rowan Thornquist has led the women's squad to remarkable heights, including back-to-back national titles in 2011 and 2012. This year's team rolled through the SEC undefeated for the sixth time in his 15-year tenure, and we asked Coach Thornquist what the keys were to the domination. Well, we uh, learned a lot from our California trip. We learned that we had to sort of transform our team from perhaps a more hard-hitting team to a more durable team that likes longer rallies, longer games, because once you start playing in the SEC where the weather's warmer, they're better athletes, you can't have a lot of volatility in your performance. And I think this team has really done a great job in transforming itself from a hard-hitting team who wants to finish points to, to one that actually cherishes playing physical tennis. When you win as frequently as you do, how important is it to maybe have a trip like the California trip where you find out your flaws and kind of have those exposed to a degree? I think it's really important. I mean, winning is great, but you always think about the losses a little more, a little longer. And uh, that's when you find out the little nuances that you need to change You know, for the next time you play an elite level team. And so the California trip was tough in that we lost back-to-back matches and we had opportunities to win both of them. But at the same time, the Florida team you saw after that trip was a better, more improved team. And uh, we're hoping to see some some of the fruits of that this weekend. Last year, Vanderbilt was kind of the thorn in your side and got you a couple times and ended your season. What did it mean to come back and then avenge that loss to a degree and beat them this season? 
You know, they played great last year. They killed us the first time, but the second and the third times we played them, we had great opportunities to win. But they were a very intelligent team and a very athletic team, and they got us just barely both times. We knew that the challenges this year were going to be much the same. But at the same time, you know, coming back from a national championship like they did is really difficult. It presents uh, challenges for the Vanderbilt team in and of itself that we've obviously encountered here before. And I thought that the Vanderbilt team we played this year was not quite as good as the team we played last year. Everyone talks about goals at the beginning of the season, and and your players said right from the get-go they wanted to win a national championship. That was their stated goal. Did you like that from them, or did that maybe put some undue pressure on them throughout the year? From a coach's perspective, we don't really talk about the national championship or an SEC championship for that matter. We try to worry about the process and worry about improving and transforming the team as it were this year. But at the same time, we do take pride in that I think every year here, the team feels like it should have a chance to win a national championship. Obviously, you're not going to every year, but we like to take pride in the fact that we almost every year have a chance to. And that can be an unsaid goal or uh, something that all of our teams in the 15 years I've been here have had as a as a common denominator. I think they take great pride in being one of the favorites. And for me as a coach, uh, there's certainly no reason to hide from that. The motto for the team this year was sweep the shed. What does that mean? What's the significance of that to this team? It's basically just being helpful, being a helpful teammate, being a helpful human being, and then making sure that you're not just looking inward, but you're doing your due part to make the team better. And it takes uh, a lot of forms. It's not only when we're playing and competing to worry about your teammate next to you. It's what you do in practice and also helping out in the academic or the personal area where our players, they're not all best friends, but everybody's respectful and everybody's trying to help one another become the best they can be. It comes from uh, the New Zealand rugby team. There's a fascinating book about the All Blacks and it was something we went over in, in the fall and it's sort of taken a life of its own and it's been a really key and, and fun thing to be a part of. I talk to coaches about that all the time, the mottos and the slogans, and is that something you do every year, or did that just sort of occur this year and feel right to you? It is not something we do every year. It's something that popped up across my desk late summer, and I sent it to the team, just a and a Sports Illustrated article, actually, about the All Blacks. And then we sort of dove into it a little deeper, and it just took on a life of its own. I think our players thought the phrase was catchy, you know, and they really liked the message. And we've talked a lot this year about being helpful and and trying to be outward-looking and not just looking inward to your own problems or what you do when you're competing, but uh, to, to be the consummate teammate, even in an individual sport such as tennis. You've had such a deep lineup throughout this year. How much flexibility has that given to you throughout the season? Yeah, we've really prided ourselves on that. We play all eight players, and at one point, all eight players have actually clinched a match for the Gators this year, which is highly unusual. Uh, It's really important. We had some small injuries over the course of the year, and and that's when you can substitute the one that's hurt for somebody that's usually on the bench, and that player hasn't uh, dropped a beat. You know, we've, we've been successful no matter what pairing we put in doubles. 
or no matter who we play in singles. And it, it's great for our team to know that, hey, I can have an off day and my teammates, uh, they're there to, to pick me up. It's also great for training, obviously. We have a real deep team and we can use all eight players for different combinations as far as competition and practice. That's making us all better every day. Brooke Austin was named SEC Player of the Year second straight season. What is special about her and what's allowed her to be so successful? Well, aside from being just a world-class tennis player, and she's an incredible ball striker, she's uh, a terrific competitor. And the bigger the stage, the better Brooke is. Just look at the SEC tournament where she doesn't finish her first match but then plays a really good semifinal and obviously wins her match against Georgia in the finals. And so the bigger the stage, the better Brooke is. You saw that in the NCAA tournament last year too. And that's clearly invaluable. And you play at the one line at the University of Florida, you better bring it because you're going to play a player every day that wants to beat you and a player who has very little pressure and Brooke, even at a, such a young age, has learned to be able to handle that, and it's because of her competitive nature. As you prepare for NCAAs, what's the outlook like? How do you prepare for this challenge, and what's unique about it? Well, our goal the whole year has really been to be prepared when May comes around, and so we don't really do much uh, different. We'd like to think that we're physically ready for it already when May comes here, that we've done our work over the course of the year. There's some fine-tuning things, obviously. We have a stretch of three weeks here after the SEC tournament before we start NCAA play where we have to be a little bit creative not to just do the same thing over and over but in general I like to think our team or our players feel like they're ready for the challenge so when we hand them the balls on Friday there's not really much we have to tell them they know what to do and they're just eager to beat up on somebody else and that's going to do it for today's show if you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe to Gator Tales on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode, as we have loads of exclusive content still to come before we wrap things up for the season. Join us next week as we preview the start of the NCAA softball tournament with Tim Walton's Gators looking for a third straight crown. Until then, I'm Adam Schick, and I'll see you at the MAC.